You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley, and we get my wife, Cassandra, again as a guest. How much longer are you going to stay? A few more? Or you're not sure? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's okay. We appreciate it. Every episode you come in and, and help us, as our listeners know, you used to uh, be a regular and we decided that it was time for me to jump off the cliff and do it on my own and uh, then it, then we get you back as a guest once in a while. So we appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, this is good. So today is episode 222. It's the end of August, so I hope everybody's kind of getting ready for fall, so which, speaking of, I do think we have the fall checklist coming up maybe next week or the week after. Yeah, so. it'll, be, it'll be fall and winter before you know it. Yep. Yeah, so for our listeners, um, we do every fall, we do a fall and spring. We do in the spring, too. We do a fall checklist. So that should be next week, but uh, make sure you listen. It's uh, something that's really important, I think, to help prevent mold in your home. But anyhow... Today's topic is myths about black mold. So for you, Cassandra, what would you think is the probably the biggest misconception out there when it comes to mold? That it isn't a big deal and that if you fix it, it doesn't have any long-term consequences. Huh. That's, that's interesting to hear that. And I do hear that quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, so I hear all the time, you know, mold's naturally present, you know, mold's not harmful. Well, so is a lot of other things in the air. Um, something like radon is a good example. Radon's naturally present, but inside your home in a controlled environment, it's not good at certain levels. So 
to answer the question, you know, or to address that, mold spores are naturally present. That's not something you can you can get rid of it, but I'm sure the the listeners understand, like, you know, in a inside of a lab and in a very controlled environment, you can make sure there's no mold spores. But normally in a home, you're not going to get rid of those mold spores. So no, mold spores are naturally present. Mold infestations are not. So if you can see uh, a mold infestation, then that's not normal. Well, I think the other piece that most people don't realize is that everybody's body responds differently to the presence of things like mold. Think of it like allergies. Some people have allergies, some people don't. Exactly. So it's important to understand that just because mold didn't affect one person in your household doesn't mean it can't have a dramatically different impact on another person in your household. So you've also got to know how is your body reacting to whatever mold is in the home? Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, brings up other indoor air quality concerns like VOCs and things like that. You know, all of us react differently. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could walk into a home where they burn what is it called? Incense? Incense, yeah. They burn that all the time and you can just smell it and it gives you a headache. Whereas the people living there, they're used to it and it doesn't bother them. So it is a good point that I used to bring up all the time. Um, and I do, I still bring it up all the time in my books. Um, but mold does affect everyone differently. How it will affect you could affect me totally differently. Like, I don't think by any means is my body immune to mold, but, you know, I'm exposed more. And when I'm saying this to our listeners, I'm probably exposed more than most people are, but I also am wearing the proper PPE, full face masks, stuff like that, you know, at least a a paper mask or N95. But, you know, I'm probably exposed more than most people. So I don't think that makes me immune to it, but probably doesn't affect me like it does other people. Well, and I think we live in a world where most people's immune systems are not amazing. And so when you hear people like Suzanne Summers say she had to do a lot to get mold out of her body, Danica Patrick had to get mold out of her body. When you start to hear those things yeah, from there's, different people. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but who, who, who famous, I just showed you a picture of her and her family, is now living in an RV. I don't know. Um, she was in oh, one Tory of the... Oh, Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. Spelling. Yep. Yes. Yep. So it's it's just, it's not even an issue. We're not saying it's an issue just of the fact that, that you know, there are lots of people who go, well, molds existed for all time. And if people in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, they didn't have these big mold things where they got so sick. Well, A, they didn't live inside as much as we do now and in closed systems. B, they had stronger immune systems because their air quality was better, their food quality was better. There's lots of things that were different. Yes. So now that we live in a world where our our immune systems typically are weaker than generations before, something like mold can literally impact people in, and change the, and worsen their immune systems in ways that we never knew it could yes. before. Yep. It, it reminds me of when we did a podcast episode, right, when uh, COVID was hitting back mm-hmm. in 2020. And we address the whole, you know, we use hand sanitizers and disinfectants and just we use so many different things. We are, you know, drinking bottled water. You know, we used to drink from the hose. Yep. 
these days, I'm just as guilty of it. Like, especially when we're on mold jobs, we're drinking bottled water. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but the plastic that it's in is probably not helpful. But another thing that, that you, for somebody that's not a mold specialist, you went through the list pretty well as far as why we're experiencing the mold epidemic. But one thing that I want our listeners to understand, a lot of this we're doing to ourselves as far as the VOCs and the toxic mold. A lot of the mold types that we're being exposed to is because of the building materials we're using. So, you know, when you get sheetrock wet, there's a lot of toxic molds that are produced from that wet sheetrock. Wow. We didn't have sheetrock back in the day. Correct. Back in the day, we, you know, they lived in caves. And then even in older homes, it was plaster. Like plaster is a mold. It's not even just mold resistant. It's mold proof Mm -hmm. because it's a non-cellulose material. Now we have sheetrock, which is very light. It's very porous. We have insulation. Like we have those things that when they get wet, they're very toxic for us. So Absolutely. And we're also now living in a time where more multi-generational living is happening. So if you have somebody who's in their 30s with babies, but then their parents or grandparents live in the same house. Now you've got two at-risk populations, the little ones Mm -hmm. and the older adults who are at greater risk for mold issues than the the actual people who own the home. Right. Like the 30-year-old. Yeah. So the more you get multi-generational living going on because everything is so expensive and cost of living is so high, the more you need to look at mold issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So... Um, it, it's interesting to kind of go down that little rabbit hole, um, when we're talking about myths, but if someone was to ask me what the number one thing, the number one myth that I hear, that is you can kill mold with bleach. How many times have you heard me talk oh, about yeah. that? And lots of people and, and they sell shower curtains that say mold proof. They sell stuff at Home Depot. Like you see mold proof. More or resistant, resistant everywhere. Yep. And I I actually, um, so one of my guys, we were just doing a, a, a big mold mitigation job. And the bathroom area was all that green board. And what green board is for our listeners, I'm sure you know what it is. It's a mold resistant sheetrock. And it's just green. Um, the paper on it's not white like normal sheetrock. And it's funny because I'm not sure some of our listeners will probably know, but I believe in the 90s at some point when it first came out, and once again, this kind of gets into politics, but I'm sure the companies went and, you know, lobbied the politicians to make it code to require this green board in bathrooms. So a lot of municipalities made it code where you had to put green board up in, in bathrooms. Well, what happened was it kind of almost created the opposite effect that they wanted. People thought because it was mold resistant, not mold proof, mold resistant, that they couldn't have mold problems in their bathrooms. So people kind of got sloppy and just lazy, lackadaisic, I don't know how you'd want to word it, and thought because they had green board, they didn't have to worry about mold. Well, come to find out, mold can grow on green board too. Um it's just a little bit. When I say little bit, it is a little bit, and I've seen it um, on jobs. 
it is a little bit more mold resistant, but it's not mold proof and mold can grow on it. So my point is, is these municipalities have now changed a lot of them. That's not code anymore. Like, cause we all know mold can grow on sheetrock period. As long as it's a cellulose or porous material, it can, it can have mold. So, so it's interesting that we tried to do something we thought was going to make a home healthier, mm-hmm. but it almost created the opposite effect. And now it's kind of come full circle where, you know, we're like, yeah, green board can still grow right. mold on it. But, but going to the bleach thing, that is something I hear all the time. Mm-hmm. And you've heard me say this. I, I'm very hesitant using the term killing mold because you, you can kill mold but there's so many mold spores in the air, it's very difficult. And I tell people the analogy I like to use is you go in and you find a a rattlesnake den. It would be like, and there's probably hundreds of rattlesnakes in there. You kill two or three. Well, does that mean that there's no more rattlesnakes? Of course not. It's the same concept with mold. So killing mold is, it's it's a weird term to me because you're not killing all of the mold in that room or that home or in that area. So when people say, how do you kill mold? It's, I always respond and say, you don't, you remove it. So, but Clorox just feeds mold. Correct. Well, and I think the other thing to consider is when people go to Home Depot or Lowe's and they buy things to try to handle the mold issue themselves, you also have to keep in mind that you're staying in that environment applying additional chemicals to the mix of that environment. And whether you're wearing a mask or not, you are exposing your family either short or long term to the new mix of chemicals in that environment. So we already have enough endocrine disrupting chemicals in our everyday environment. Just imagine adding to a mold problem something like bleach and now you're creating a lot of exposure for the bodies in your home to things you don't even know what the impact yeah. is. Yeah, so there's, there's kind of two parts to that. So spraying spraying anything on mold, for the most part, will force it to release its mycotoxins. And its mycotoxins, is that is its defense to try to survive. It's just like what you've told me about lentils. Yep. Tell our listeners what you say about that. Oh, like the lentils, the beans, the the only way they could protect themselves and survive is to produce chemicals that when eaten by human beings, make it really hard for us to digest it or make us sick. Mm -hmm. So then we stop eating them so they can survive. Yes. And so it's the same concept. Like the lentils, those beans are trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, So is the mold. And so what it does is it releases those mycotoxins, just like a rattlesnake would release its venom. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't think about it that way. That's You're forcing that to happen. The other part of that is Clorox and a lot of chemicals are so harmful to breathe. And if you just have an N95 mask, that is not, for our listeners, an N95 is for particulates. That is not for chemicals. Hmm. You need a P100 ma- or filter. Wow. So, you're not even wearing the proper PPE, but Clorox itself is so hard and difficult to breathe. And like you said, so you're exposing yourself to those chemicals. You're actually making the mold problem worse. You're feeding the mold problem because I'll go, I'll, I'll go into it real quickly. Clorox is about 90 to 95% water. 
5% is what hypochloride or whatever chemical it is, bleach. Um, but what happens is that 5% or 10% chemical evaporates quickly and the water goes in deeper. So if you're spraying it into the sheetrock, the chemicals evaporate quickly that you're being exposed to and the water just keeps going deeper. You're literally feeding, you're watering the mold. So it's not a good idea, period. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Clorox is just... Like you said, the, what you're exposing everybody else to is just crazy. Correct. And, you know, there may be those out there who say, well, I went onto the EPA's website and they said I can use bleach. Now, I have no idea if that's on the EPA's website. It here, was. It here, used to be. Here's what I'm going to say. There are tons of things that 60 or 70 years ago, the Surgeon General and everybody else said it was okay. At one time, they thought women smoking during pregnancy was okay. Yeah. I would just say, let's not go with whatever. At one time, we thought diabetes could not be reversed. Now, new research is speaking differently. I'm just saying, before you take the word of research and things, really sit back and go, does this seem like this would have no ill effect on me or anyone in my home? Maybe your reservation should lead you to call a professional who can come in and handle it. Yeah. And I I can't speak for... for the EPA, but I believe their intention behind that was to tell people on non-porous surfaces, so tile, concrete, um, things like that, even like a stained desk, you can use Clorox. And yeah, do we use like Lysol disinfectant wipes and mold mitigation? Absolutely. But once again, we're in proper PPE, we have proper ventilation, we have air scrubbers, we have a containment. There's a lot of things that we're doing to make sure it's done properly. And that's only a sliver of the process. Exactly. And it, yeah, it's, that's just one little tiny part. And, you know, it's, like I said, I don't think the EPA's intention was to tell people to go spray bleach on insulation that has mold because that's a huge no-no. Correct. And it would be like, you know, just, just think of the bleach on mold. Like if anybody's seen my big fat Greek wedding and when he, the father sprays Windex on everything, he gets a cut, he sprays Windex on it. Oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> In the same way that, you know, <laughs> oh, it's gone, it's fixed. Windex fixes everything. It's kind of the same thing. So oh, take it with a grain of salt. That's interesting. In construction, we, we think duct tape See? fixes everything. Exactly. We believe there's a chemical in there that, that makes <laughs> cuts heal faster. Because <laughs> that's what we do. We just, you know, you yeah. cut yourself, you wrap it in duct tape. Yeah, no. So, I don't know. That's just something we've always done. So, anyhow, uh, the last myth, and we'll kind of go over this quickly just because we're we're getting a little longer than we normally do. But the last myth that we typically hear is that only black mold or stachybotrys can make you sick. So, tell our listeners from what you already know, and then I'll opine after that. Well, there are many types of mold. There's what? Allergenic, pathogenic, toxigenic, toxigenic which I think stachybotrys is toxigenic, mm-hmm. right? There and and everybody responds to each of those differently. Yep. I didn't even know there was pink mold. I always thought there was green mold like on bread and black mold on walls. And I didn't even know there was white or pink. So there's many different kinds of molds. Yeah. Yeah. And for our listeners, you know, um, this mold job we've been working on is probably the worst I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. Pretty. I'll end up talking more about it once we get it all wrapped up. But there was a lot of um, red. Um, the discoloration on the wood and things was red. Pretty crazy. And um, so for our listeners, you know, in our 
on our Facebook page and in my emails. I'll I'll post more pictures once we get it all wrapped up. But but yeah, there's all different mold types and you know what you have to understand is those mold types you know you you think that maybe only the common molds when someone says common molds I'm like well what do you mean by common molds like common molds in Utah and Wyoming because there's common molds in different areas geographically but at the end of the day you already said it there's um allergenic pathogenic and toxigenic molds Stachybotrys is a toxigenic mold. Per definition, there are a lot of molds that can produce mycotoxins. So my point is, is it's not only Stachybotrys that's a toxigenic mold. There's other molds that can be toxigenic. So it's, you know, as we've always talked about, everybody reacts differently to mold based on your personal health and, of course, the types of mold that are in the air. So... To think that only stachybotrys can make you sick is not true at all. Yep. So what's your call to action for people? It seems like we kind of repeat it a lot. Like, you know, the last podcast, I said, do your research, make sure you get the right inspector, I believe. And it's the same thing here. You know, when you when you get told by somebody, yeah, you can go spray bleach on mold. Like, if you're listening, you already know that's a no-no. But if somebody says, yeah, I heard you can spray hydrogen peroxide on mold or vinegar or whatever, borax or whatever you hear, do your research. Don't just believe it. And, you know, we live in a in a world now. We have AI. We have Google. We have all these search engines. And, and you'll get confirmation bias. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're going to Google, can I kill mold with bleach? It's probably going to tell you what you want to hear because you already asked it. Can I kill mold? Um, Just do your research. And and part of that is, you know, read books. I've written five books. Like, go do your own research. And not that I know it all, but, you know, I explain to people, here's why I have the opinions I have. It doesn't mean I'm wrong and, you know, or you're wrong and I'm right. Like I explained to you why I don't believe, you know, bleach kills mold. Mm -hmm. So, and at the end of the day, work on your immune system health, whatever that means for you, the stronger your immune system, the stronger it can fight whatever shows up in its way. Exactly. But just keep in mind that you might have a hell of a immune system, but your spouse or child or grandma or mother, whoever's living in your home might not. That's true. Just keep that in mind. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This was episode 222. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.